Hello. <laughs> so I'm Sammy from Dairy Free State, and today I'm going to be interviewing Mary. And this is going to be the first of what I hope to be many conversations um, about food and health and kind of how those things intersect and just allowing people to share their stories. So thanks for being here, Mary. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, of course. Okay, so let's start by, you know, my blog is all about living dairy-free. And um, lately I've had to deal with more dietary restrictions than that. So navigating a new diet, and I know that that's something that you've had to do as well um, not too long ago. So um, I figured a good place to start would just be having you talk about kind of you know, how you've had to adjust your diet, how that came about, and we can kind of go from there. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, like you, I am also lactose intolerant. I cannot do dairy. Um, that doesn't mean I still don't sometimes take lactate and eat dairy, which I shouldn't do, but I do anyway. Um, but I, I'm uh, lactose intolerant. And then about a year and a half ago, um, I was, uh, I went to the ER because I was experiencing what I thought was like a three-day panic attack. Oh Turns God. out it was just that my blood pressure was 260 systolic, uh, which it's supposed to be 120 is, is normal blood pressure. So um, it was mostly diet-based um, and I hit it hard there, uh, changing my diet to low sodium, um, working out, things like that. Um, did pretty good on that for about a year, um, and then fell off the wagon a little. And, uh, for people who, uh, you know, you can't see me, it's a podcast. I've been dealing with weight issues my whole life. And in December was diagnosed as uh, type two diabetic. Um, so that has changed my diet completely since then. Yeah, I could. So, so you, it sounds kind of like you had to, you first contended with one restriction and then you had to cut out something else and now you have to cut out more things. So I know that that can be really challenging. Um, yes. So how has that changed like your day to day, your planning and your cooking and everything? Well, um, as, as a hobby, cooking has always been one of my favorite things. I, if you went to my Instagram, it's half food pictures and half dog pictures. Uh, um, I cook a lot. And so it, I, was, I was a little bit more prepared um, to deal with food issues because I know how to cook and how to read labels and things like that. But um, I, you know, instead of making giant fettuccine Alfredo pots of food. Now it's all right. I'm going to um, cook leaner, uh, low carb, no dairy, uh, and uh, really just pay more attention to my macros a lot. I've been working with a dietitian and that is the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, so what, so besides working with a dietitian, yeah, I mean, you guys don't know this, but like I'm friends with Mary on Facebook and she always is posting like really delicious looking food all the time. <laughs> She's like, here's this like big bowl of awesome soup I made or like this great 
like, and it's just like, you'll take whatever is in your kitchen and you're like, oh, I had these six things and I MacGyvered them into this meal that looks amazing. And I'm like, I wish I had that ability. <laughs> I have that ability somewhat, but it's like limited. And and I feel like you have true imagination when it comes to, and, and just like, you're always coming up with like new things to make. And that's fun for me to, to look at. So thank you for making my newsfeed delicious. Um, <laughs> But besides working with a dietitian, what other resources have you found helpful, like having to navigate a new diet like a few times over? Sure. Uh, For me, it stems a lot from I'm a brat. Uh, My food has to look and taste good. It just does. Uh, And it's sort of like the way that I meditate is cooking and making food that looks and tastes good. And so when I was told that I was going to be super restricted in what I could eat, I was like, well, I'm not going to compromise that it's not, it's, it's still going to be pretty and it's still going to taste good. Um, and so what I did is find the things that were good for me that I did like, like weirdly enough, I love kale. Um, I love seafood. Those are things that I'm definitely allowed to eat a lot of. Um, And I do love a decent amount of vegetables and figure out how I can build flavors around those things and still make it pretty and still make it delicious. And a lot of that, like, Penzi's has been a huge help for that. Um, They make so many salt-free options. So I can make food that tastes really, really good without having to add any salt. Um... And really just just taking a focus on being sure that I'm prepared and making sure that I take time to think about what I'm putting together. So, like, what are some of your favorite Penzi's mixes? Oh, the mural of flavor will make oh, anything. Yeah. You can put that on a shoe and it would taste delicious. That's, like, so classic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sunny Paris and the Sunny Spain are super, super good. And then the uh, Singapore seasoning, if you're making Asian food, that one has a lot of citric acid in it. So it's like you get a big flavor punch and it's got a little bit of curry and and stuff in it, but it's not salted, which is super great. Nice. See, this is why I ate before I called you because I was like, I'm just going to be hungry when we're talking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, right now, so like I can't have onion or garlic, which has been, which has been a real challenge. Cause that's in like every seasoning mix, oh, but a yeah. lot of, yeah, a lot of like the really basic herb mixes that Penzi's has have been helpful. So like their Italian herb mix doesn't have anything but herbs in it. So, um, I've been using things like that and like, uh, dried or fresh when I can get, um, chives to kind of like zhuzh things up. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you're doing a lot of, like, lemon and lime to, like, oh, yeah. perk things up. Because that's the other thing is I have, like, 12 different kinds of vinegar in my pantry now. <laughs> because when you can't have salt, you need something punchy to make your food taste good. And watching uh, Samin, uh, I can't remember her last name. Uh, she did salt, fat, acid, heat. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, the acid episode blew my mind because it shows you how much you can boost the flavor of food just through acid, not necessarily through salt. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. That's I've definitely had to get creative with that. I always have like lemons and limes in my fridge for that reason because it will, yeah, it'll kick up whatever it is that I'm making. Um, and then I can kind of cheat because I can have green onions and chives or mm-hmm. like infused oils. So like I can have garlic infused oils, but not regular like garlic. It's confusing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, that makes but sense. I, but I definitely like appreciate, yeah, having to navigate around like the things that you would just normally take for granted and just pick up in the store, like having to do that extra investigation and go, okay, wait, what is it that I've got to avoid? All right, making sure it's not on there. You know, it just, it, it totally, I'm sure you've experienced this. It just makes you shop differently and look at things differently than you used to. I actually was grocery shopping last night. My brother and I went to Aldi and, uh, he was done far before I was because I have to stop and read every like package going, okay, how much for me right now I'm focusing on, on lower carbs. Um, not, not like super keto or anything. I can have like up to 35 grams of carbs per meal. Okay. You'd be surprised how quickly carbs add up. And so I'm reading. And for me, a big thing is snacking. I, I need something to snack on. And so, like, picking up, like, cauliflower crackers and looking, like, okay, these are lower in carb. I can have a serving of these. Um, But then, like, picking up some things that are, like, super protein, you look at it and you're, like, 44 grams of carbs in this. This is (laughs) not good for me. Yeah, you're, like, they snuck that in, but they they call it, like, you know, something that that would make you think, yeah, like, this should be fine. And then you're, like, oh, God, no, it's not. (laughs) <laughs> I I got to put this back down right away. Um so so you're working with a dietitian right now like, you know, if you're comfortable sharing it, uh what kind of experiences have you had with like doctors or other people in the health system like while you've been going through, you know, this journey to to alter your diet, you know, to benefit your health? Sure. I mean, the the Bottom line for me was I neglected my health for a really long time. I did every yo-yo diet and fad diet and all that stuff going, I can take care of it myself. I'll go to the doctor when I lose a little weight and then they won't yell at me. Right. Right. Yeah. And when I was, when I was sent to the ER last year, um, that all went out the window. It was, you have to take control and take responsibility for your health. And it was terrifying and it was scary. And it was one of the best things I ever did for myself. Um, I got incredibly lucky. They set me like they set me up the following week with a GP who specializes in people who are dealing with diabetes or weight disorders or things like that. So when I went in, I was met with acceptance of where I am today or where I was that day and a supportive plan of how to move forward. Um, And so a big part of that was my general practitioner made it a point to also set me up with a therapist so that we were working on my physical as well as my mental health going through this because it's a lot of tough stuff. Yeah. Um, And I was so, so lucky um, I didn't start seeing the the dietitian until about a month and a half ago after they diagnosed me with diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
that also ha- I've just been very lucky. The person that they sent me to is incredibly supportive and um, I don't know if it's the same for everyone, but when I got diagnosed with diabetes, they basically sent me to what they call diabetes school, which is, oh. yeah, it's great because they want to make sure that you are fully informed of what's happening with your body and what you need to do to fix it. Um, so the following week after being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, they sent me to the nutritionist. And so that Tuesday I met with her and that's assessment where they just figure out who are you, what are your eating habits? What do you, you know, do in your daily life? Can you cook? Do you know how to read a label? Um, And then the next day we met and she took the information that we had shared and built a plan for me. Um, And then I was supposed to have another day of uh, quote unquote diabetes school, but we canceled that because she's like, normally I have to teach people like how to cook and like what a serving size is and because I have such a background in cooking that wasn't so necessary yeah so but it's been like incredibly great it's I heard a lot of like horror stories of people going to doctors and being yelled at for their weight or not taking care of themselves but if you advocate for yourself and find people who will support you it's so not that scary to take care of yourself yeah definitely I mean yeah I would say I've I've definitely heard the stories in the other direction of of like you said people getting yelled at or you know people coming in with other concerns but mm-hmm. the doctor the doctor just goes like well once you lose weight we'll talk about that other stuff so it's like they can't even get to talking about the things they want to talk about first um so yeah it sounds like you got you've got like a really good team that you got set up with right away, which is awesome. Absolutely. And this suggestion I would make for anyone who's worried about that is to usually a doctor's office or a hospital, like all of my people are through St. Francis Ascension. So like it's all the same complex. They're all connected. They all talk to each other. Um, when you're looking for a general practitioner, they, they have like listed like specialties. And if you find someone whose specialty is weight management or diabetes or things like that, my guess is they're going to be a lot more empathetic to helping you create a plan that's going to make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get what you mean. Like I've done that in a different way because I'm dealing with like pain, you know? Um, And so I've looked for people who say things about like alternative therapies um, and like integrative and functional medicine, because I know they're going to come, come at what I'm talking about from a different approach than someone who's more traditional. They're going to look at my body differently. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, you got to find those keywords, whatever it is. I mean, you know, uh, that works for you. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that that's cool. Um, let's see. Oh, so, okay. We've been talking about your cooking. <laughs> I feel like you have to share, like, what are some of your favorite things that you've made lately or favorite recipes you either have found or come up with or like what are your food hacks like I know that's a big question but just like share some highlights with us absolutely for me like the major major thing is I have to be prepared because my biggest thing is snacks I said it before like uh and because I am now diagnosed with type 2 diabetes I have to snack throughout the day like I can't 
the way I used to diet is I would like fast all day and then eat a giant dinner and then still be under my calorie goal. But, you know, I ate a nine, eight, nine hundred thousand calorie dinner. Right. So now for me, I'm buying and weighing things like beef jerky, nuts, um, and uh, low carb cracker snacks and things like that. And I have a basket on my counter and I have a basket in the fridge of like Ziploc baggy veggies and stuff that I can snack on for uh, while, the, while I'm at work. And that way I don't have to think about it in the morning. I just grab two things from the counter and two things from the fridge and can snack all day. And for me, um, that is like the hugest way to keep me from, from, going on like a Postmates binge or something, you know, it's like, yeah, I need, I yeah. need a bond me now. <laughs> well, that's how I always feel. So <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, as, totally. As far as meals go, um, the biggest thing for me is to make sure that two thirds of my, pl- or two, yeah, two thirds of my plate are, are vegetables. Like that's huge for me because we live in Wisconsin and we all grew up where half your plate's a hunk of meat, one quarter of your plate is some sort of starch, if not more, and then maybe there's like a little scoop of veggies, right? Right. <laughs> and so now flipping my brain the other way, where it's like I have four to six ounces of meat for dinner and then try and base the rest of my meal on veggies. And for me, the things that, that are like killer tips is if you want to cut oil out, buy the spray oil. Like, uh, you can either get, like, the Pam olive oil or they have, like, it in spritzers. Yeah. So that you can roast veggies. It's really fast and painless. Asparagus, Brussels sprouts, peppers, mushrooms, whatever you want. Um, And then you can roast it with minimal oil and then using the pensies and a tiny touch of salt. Um, And that can be the base of your meal and you get really, really full. Right. And your calories stay fairly low, too, if, if the base of your meal is vegetables. Um, right. And you're eating, like, a ton of variety, and it's, like, really colorful and pleasing. And that's, like, something – I can tell aesthetics matter a lot to you when it comes to food. <laughs> yeah. It's it's honestly – like, I, I said it before, but, like, for me, when I come home from work, the first thing I do is walk the dog, and then when I come back in from that – I want to take a half hour and zen out and cook something. It's sort of my meditation for the day where I can turn my brain off a little bit and just concentrate on building something that's going to make me really happy when I sit down to watch drag race reruns or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, it is important that it like looks pretty. I think it, it, it makes you think about what you're eating more. Yeah. Totally. I'm always jealous and shocked. I was, there's a friend of mine I was talking to a couple weeks ago and he's super fit. And for him, food is, he's like, if I could just eat bananas, peanut butter and eggs every day, just that every day and not have to think about food, I'd be fine. And that blew yeah. my mind. I'm, I, I kind of go back and forth, I think, between the two of you. <laughs> Some days I'm like, I don't have time to think about it and I'm just going to eat yeah, banana, peanut butter, and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> protein, good protein. Yeah, exactly. Like good protein. I know I'm in a safe bowl. I'm not eating anything bad, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's for me, like I said, I'm a brat and, and part of staying happy and staying in a good brain space is making sure that I'm sort of treating myself, even though it's not really like a piece of cake or pizza, but like treating myself to something that's going to satisfy me and make me feel fulfilled afterwards. Yeah. See, when you were talking about the plate, and I I don't know if you've read any of his stuff, You, pr- I mean, being a foodie, maybe, um, but it made me think about like Michael Pollan's, you know, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Like I that's haven't. His- oh my God, it's so good. So, well, so my, my foray into food and like when I first started getting really interested in food was like, I think first I watched Food Inc. And then I was like, oh my God, you know, like I'm emotional. Uh, but Michael Pollan got interviewed on there. And then I feel like he's the gateway drug for a lot of people. And uh, his book, In Defense of Food, is is a really interesting read. But um, And then he's got like a, a pocket-sized guide too. But his his big thing is just like eat food, like real food, whole food you know, food that's minimally or not processed at all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not too much and mostly plants, you know? And so he's like, at least half of your plate should be plants, you know, fruits and vegetables. And that kind of changed the way that I thought about it too. Like you said, you know, you don't you don't see plates like that in the Midwest. No. So it was, that was a big shift for me. And also kind of gave me like permission because I never really liked, I mean, I eat some meat, but I never really liked meat that much. And I was like, oh, I don't have to eat it. <laughs> like, I don't have oh. to eat a lot of it. Like, that's awesome. Exactly. I mean, I, like, I, if I could, I would just eat seafood if that was the only, if they were like, you can only eat one protein. What do you want? Like, I'll eat seafood. Um, but I could live without meat. I was a vegetarian as an Olympic dieter. I was a vegetarian for about a year um, and didn't miss meat the whole time. Uh, And so like now as a reformed vegetarian, I eat a lot of tofu. I'll eat tempeh. Um, They're both really good forms of low fat protein. Um, Those things don't bug me at all. I I eat like veggie burgers, beyond burgers, all those things. Um, I actually just at Aldi found out that their uh, plant-based chicken tenders, plant-based chicken patties, and plant-based veggie burgers are really low in carbohydrates and really high in protein. They're soy-based. And so I got a couple of those because I can eat that instead of a hamburger or whatever it is. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, um, I mean, veggies are like the key to unlocking this. And unfortunately for some picky people, like my younger brother does not love vegetables. And so it's a little harder for him to adopt an eating habit like this. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I don't, oh man, right now there's like some veggies that I can't eat because um, I'm doing a low FODMAP diet, which is like um, there's specific sugars you're supposed to avoid in foods. Um, and so like, I can't have sweet potato or avocado or like, yeah, I can't have, and and it's a legume, but I can't have chickpeas. I can't really have any beans, um, outside of like tofu. 
And, oh, it's been killing me. I've been like, oh, I wish I could eat a sweet potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I like can't, the weirdest feeling. I can't eat potatoes really much at all. Or I shouldn't eat much potatoes. That's the thing is like the dietitian and I have talked. She's like, you can have whatever you want. There's just consequences. Right. Or like there's a limit, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like if you, because I also have to check my blood sugar three to four times a day because we're trying to figure out my body chemistry and how it processes food and sugars or glucose. Yeah. Um, and so like I caved the other day and made one of my favorite things, which is zucchini fries, which they're Whoa. breaded in panko. And that's more carbs than I typically have in a meal. Yeah. And so when I took my blood sugar before bed that night, it was higher than normal. And I was like, okay, that's how science works. You eat more carbs than you're supposed to and your blood sugar spikes. Yeah. And so these are all things that I'm learning as things go on. How does it, how does that feel to be like, you know, conducting your own personal science experiment every day? Oh, well I'm hella competitive. So <laughs> <laughs> like I actually, I was just talking about this. I just got a Fitbit cause I'm trying to move oh, more. Nice. And, and like, so if I can gamify things, like every day I wake up and take my blood sugar and it's lower than the day before, I'm like, ha ha points. Yeah. And, and every day I walk a little bit more, I'm like, ha hit my goal. So anytime you can gamify stuff like this for me is like a plus good news for me, but it is fascinating to like, cause the big thing for me was my blood sugar in the morning was super high every day. Um, and it still is a little, but cause what happened is I was eating these huge meals at night and then your liver releases glucose to help your body heal while you sleep. And so those two things compounded meant that glucose was building up in my system and insulin wasn't processing that. So I would wake up in the morning and my glucose would be high. I wouldn't have slept as well. That's why um, people with type 2 diabetes have to go to the bathroom a lot at night because your body's trying to eliminate that excess glucose from your system. Oh, yeah. And so um, learning how to have a smaller dinner and then a smaller protein snack before bed rather than just a giant pile of food at 7 p.m. has changed everything. And it's just so interesting to watch that happen over the weeks, you know, yeah, just watch those numbers go down. My, my blood glucose numbers are almost a third of what they were. Wow. When I was diagnosed in December. So yeah. it's like, that's awesome. It's great. It feels good. I'm winning. but yeah like learning like there's really like mechanical things happening inside your body it's easy to have the cognitive dissonance to pretend that you're just functioning right yeah like Like you just throw things in there it's like uh the drunk drawer you know and you're like (laughs) I don't I don't have to open it and look at it ever I'm just gonna throw this cord in there and forget about it but there's actually nothing bad will happen a little factory happening in your body and yeah (laughs) the things you do have consequences the things you do have you know the food you eat becomes energy and the food you eat becomes fat and the food you eat becomes you know mental health issues where it's like I use food as a coping mechanism so it's like all of those things are interconnected and it's just wild. Bodies are wild, man. I know. Right. Well, so it's funny. My, so my boyfriend, he stops drinking in the winter. He just like doesn't drink for three months. He allows himself two cheat days. He's been doing this for like, 
I don't know, seven or eight years, something like that. Uh, but he'll eat ice cream in the winter instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But this morning he was like, you know what? I don't know if I can eat ice cream. I think it's too much because he doesn't eat that much sugar normally. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think it's like too much sugar before bed and I'm getting headaches and I'm waking up and I have headaches from it. And he's like, maybe I need to cut down or not eat it or change what ice cream I'm eating. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's like you're still eating ice cream, you know, but still, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was interesting that he, you know, he's like, you know, I think it like once you make that connection, like, um, Growing up my entire life, I kind of thought everybody felt miserable all the time. Yep. Uh, I just had no idea that like your stomach could feel uh, qu- could sound quiet and feel good. I was like, oh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> pe- like it's stupid when you look back at it, but but you just you know you're like this is my normal, and he just kind of like stepped back from it, and he was like, you know what? I think that's why I've been having headaches. Is like it's too much sugar right before bed. So maybe I'll try a different ice cream or maybe I'm going to stop eating it for a few nights and see if the headaches go away. And, and I was like, there you go. <laughs> that, I mean, there's so much truth to that. Because like after I started getting better, um, after I started lowering my blood pressure um, last year, uh, it only took like three weeks. And I looked around and I was like, hey, guys, it's really wild to realize how bad you felt when you start feeling better. Yeah. Like yeah. how it was affecting my anxiety, how it was affecting uh, my temper. I literally walked around to everyone I worked with after like my medication and my, my diet had like made me more mellow because the blood pressure wasn't so high and I wasn't so like white knuckle all the time. And I was like, Hey everybody, I owe you an apology. I was kind of a lot, huh? sorry I was a dick to you yeah honestly like like everything felt so intense because the blood in my body was like going at a at a fire hose pace you know yeah and and to get that under control was a revelation it just and that coupled with like going to therapy and taking care of myself it's just like the brain is so much better because the body is better yeah totally um, okay, before before we wrap up, I just yeah. want to know if you have any like favorite websites or books or anything you want to plug that you think people should dig into if they're interested in the kinds of things you're interested in or the kinds of things you're finding out. Um, for me, um, the biggest tool that I use every day, 50 times a day is my fitness pal. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. That is my godsend because I can look at, I can log my macros, I can log my calories, I can log my steps with, with my Fitbit, all that basic stuff. But it also allows you like to really understand the makeup of what you're eating. And it teaches you things like everything from saturated fats to your vitamins that you're getting through the food you're eating. And I would highly recommend, I think the biggest tool anybody can have is an understanding of like the, like the makeup of the food you're putting in your face. Like, yeah, for me, that's huge. Um, and then also there's a book that I'm looking up right now. I just listened to it on audible and it is a body positive book about self-affirmation. That is wonderful. Nice. And I have to find, (laughs) pardon me, 
to the Googles. Yeah, well, it's in my my Audible library. In your library, yeah. Yeah. Um, God, I love Audible. Oh, my God. Uh, The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. Ooh. Uh, It is, it's a a shorter book. It's less than five hours if you're going to listen to it. Um, It is a wonderful book about this woman's journey to finding and loving her body, accepting herself, and how you can navigate the world as a larger bodied person um, and learn how to advocate for yourself and learn how to turn negative thoughts to positive thoughts. It's a wonderful book. Very cool. The body is not an apology. Yeah. You know what? I actually, I have, um, I have an audible credit. So I'm like, hmm, it, that it, sounds like a nice book to read. <laughs> yes, it is wonderful. So very cool. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, oh, I was going to say also, we should connect on Fitbit because I've been an avid Fitbit user since I think 2013. Nice. Um, I'm on day four. I, there we go. <laughs> and I've, I'm in some groups, some group challenges and stuff, but I would love to connect with you on Fitbit because I am also competitive and I usually lose the work week with my friends, but I make up for it on the weekends. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's always kind of like the thing that kicks me in the butt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm happy to connect with anybody who wants to connect on there. Um, I'm just trying to remember what my username is because if anybody listens to this and wants to enter into some fun, um, I'm under Mary B, I guess. Um Yeah. There you go. You heard it here first. Yeah. If you can find me, if you can find me, connect (laughs) with me, we'll do some walking. Oh, that'll be perfect. Yeah. And you've got a cute dog to walk. So do I. So plenty of good motivation there too. Oh yeah. We're going to the park after this. So yay. Well, (laughs) thanks for taking the time to talk with me. Any, any last things that you want to say before, before we close? Um, I guess the, the biggest thing is, is that for a lot of people, taking control of your health can sometimes be like a shame filled thing or an anxiety filled thing. Um, but like really finding a comfort zone and understanding in yourself is one of the most empowering things you can do. And I really hope that for everybody that, that people can take that control and, and really start to like take care of themselves. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mary, for being my first guest. Yes. All right. Tune in next time when we'll be talking to Stephanie. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you.